Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by legendary boxing trainer and newest UFC aficionado, the great Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how you doing? Good. Don't go too far. I don't know about <laughs> aficionado, but I'm, I'm intrigued by the sport and uh, the honor that and class that these guys show in that octagon, the toughness, the code that they live by. The loyalty and the allegiance of the fans—it's all—it's all very impressive, and um, I'm glad to be able to talk about the sport. I'm no aficionado, I'm no, but I know fighting. That's what I know, and I—I uh, I know the parallels of fighting, and I know what good fighting is versus less than good fighting, and um, I appreciate. I appreciate all the things that are consistent in both sports, that are paralleled in both sports, that are needed in both sports. The mentality, the the need for good technique, uh, the the drive, the ability to overcome, to go to new places, to put light into caves um, where there used to be no light, to show people that you can go further than you ever thought you could go. Uh, that there should be no ceiling, no roof on what we do. The roof is put there by others. It shouldn't be put there by us. That's UFC, that's top fighters. And that's stuff that, whether it's with a few kicks added in or with just punches, I appreciate it. Hey guys, before we jump into things, I just wanna give a quick shout out to our newest sponsor, Crossrope. Check them out at crossropes.com. These days, we're all looking for fun ways to stay fit while spending more time at home. Cardio machines are obviously expensive. If you've tried to buy any gym equipment, you know that pretty much everything is sold out or it's outrageously expensive. The new Crossrope uh, is a super inexpensive way to get an awesome workout, depending on whatever your, your fitness goals are, whether you're looking for endurance or strength workout. Personally, I like to use this thing in the evening after I do my cardio in the morning by running or biking. I love the uh, weighted rope for the added strength benefits. So you get a little bit of uh, cardio, but a lot of strength if you're using the weighted rope. Um, I can't say enough good things about these guys. I burn a ton of calories in the evening. It gets me, you know, as you start to get maybe a little tired in the afternoon, I hit this thing for half an hour. It's awesome. You download the free cross rope app, link up the app and the jump rope, and off you go. Uh, again, love this workout. Super fun. Uh, easy to travel with. I've took I take it with me when I travel. Haven't been doing much travel lately, but just came back from um, two weeks in New York. Um, once again, check them out at crossrope.com/atlas a t l a s. Get forty dollars off your first crossrope set plus free shipping when you check out using crossrope.com/atlas. Again, a t l a s. That's crossrope.com/atlas. Check them out. Yeah, so we had a big UFC event this Saturday night. Main event, uh, Robert Whitaker against Darren Till. I know you've uh, you've had a chance to look at it, and you took about 35 pages of notes. So why don't we jump right in? I mean, this was an incredible battle back and forth. Fight could have easily gone either way. Whitaker was a slight uh, favorite, minus 120 coming into the fight. And, man, these guys brought it. They 
beat the crap out of each other for five rounds. One of the most technical fights you'll see, at least in terms of uh, on the feet uh, in the UFC. And uh, Whitaker eventually gets the win. Two uh, two judges had it 48-47, and one guy had it for till 48-47. But um, curious to hear what your thoughts were. There was a lot to take in with this one. Yeah, I first of all, I thought it was a chess match. A rugged chess match, by the way. Usually you can sit back and maybe, you know, sip a little espresso when you play chess outdoors in a park. Uh, you can't do that when you play this kind of chess. Um, I thought I thought till won the first round. I thought that uh, Whitaker turned it around. Won the second, probably the third. The fourth round, I thought, was very close. Um, Could have went either way. And I thought the fifth round closed the show where Whitaker won the fifth. So Till's a southpaw. And he's tall and he's long. So you're supposed to fight, you know, you're supposed to fight the same way as you do. I got this computer. I got a fancy setup here now, guys. (laughs) You know, I don't shine shoes no more. You know, <laughs> I I got this fancy set up now. Rob set me up. He went out, got me a computer. I mean, I got a thing looking at me with an eye. I mean, <laughs> I see Ken and this, you know, handsome self with his good, you know, conditioning from all that running. But I see things going in and out over here on my computer, Dropbox. I hope that's not a problem. Um, Looks good on uh, this end. That's, that's good. But... Tills the southpaw, tall, rangy. You got to know how to fight tall. Same as boxing. No different if you're going to do striking. And he did. The first round, he was the ocean. You know, trying to make Whitaker, the former champion, the log a little bit. You know, keeping him off rhythm, controlling the rhythm. The ocean controls the rhythm. The ocean controls the log. Pushes you out when he wants to push out. Brings you in when it wants to bring you in. And for the most part... Whitaker was doing that. He was, he was able to score well. Uh, again, geometry, baby. You know, it's about who gets the better of the geometry, geometry in the ring that they need for their physical assets. Obviously, I think I set it up enough. Till needed the outside for his physical assets. And he got that in the first round. Um, being able to look to counter when 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 Whitaker was coming in the shorter man and then looking to push him back in spots. And then the second round, well the second round came and the champion made adjustments, baby. See that's 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 the same as any any sport. I mean Bill Belichick, what makes him so good? You beat him the first half you don't beat him the second half. He makes adjustments. They look at film. They, 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 they change what has to be changed in the locker room. Well, you don't have a locker room. You got one minute in between rounds, same as boxing. And with all that experience, you know, they talk about how important experience is. It's important, Ken, if you use it. Whitaker used it. In the second round, he changed things. He, he mixed it up. He had a dimension that I think at the end of the day probably helped him in a very close fight where he was a little bit 
more versatile. He had the ground game. He was able to bring him to the ground where the other guy till really didn't have that aspect of the game. He, he had the ground game where even if he didn't use it, the threat of using it, he used it twice, if my memory serves me correct. Uh, he took him to the ground twice. Uh, second round where he turned it around and the last round where he closed the show, which I thought was around that closed it for. But the threat of it, was maybe able to keep Till a little bit off balance, a little bit leery. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Just having that weapon, even if you don't use it all the time. So I think that played into it a little bit. And in the second round, he made the adjustments. He wasn't as predictable. He was awkwardly clever, as I used to say on ESPN when I was calling the fights there all the time. He was just, it didn't look like he was doing nothing, but a little feint here, a little walk over here, and then all of a sudden come in. You know, just enough where Till couldn't zero in on him, where he could get in clean, you know, where he could walk through the rain without getting wet. (laughs) Write that one down, Ken. (laughs) Walk through the rain without getting wet. And so he was able to score a knockdown in the second round, Get him on the floor, if my memory is right. Do a little ground and pound. You know, again, get it to the geography that made sense for him. Tight. Tight. I appreciate boxing, striking, whatever the freak you want to call it when it's done (laughs) the right way. And I appreciate it because I know what it is. I know what it takes. I, it's it's not just happening. It's happening because that guy's doing something to make it happen. There's a subtle something going on. Now, I will tell you what probably might have played into it. These guys don't make excuses. But there was a knee kick uh, in the second round that they talked about a little bit after. I was going to ask you about that and what kind of effect you think that had on um, Till's footwork proceed immediately um proceeding that you know ken that's that's interesting this is what i'm going to tell you put that aside this is what i noticed after the second round the third round was you know again i thought Whitaker did a little more he controlled the rhythm the energy of the fight but here's what it wasn't so much what either guy was doing It became, to me, what one guy wasn't doing. That Till was no longer moving his hands enough to make the other guy pay when he missed. He was still making a miss in spots, you know, controlling range, going back and forth, you know, where he was able to, even with a malfunctioning knee, we guess, he was still, you know, it's kind of like in football. You got a bad leg or bad ankle, bad. You can still go backward and forward. You just can't do anything else. You're restricted. And it seemed like it could go backward and forward. But then when it came to putting weight on it, maybe he couldn't punch. I don't know. Making no excuses. Taking nothing away from anybody. These guys don't deserve that. But because they overcome it, they find a way. And you deal with it. It's part of the business. But that might have been, all I know is what I saw. 
knowing nothing about the knee. I started saying to myself, wait a minute, Till's not moving his hands enough. He's not making him pay when he makes the, he's still making him miss. He's still making Whitaker jump in, in spots, reach it in spots, get fat, fat means this, you know, wide in spots, you know, but he's not putting no jelly with the peanut butter. Like I used to say on ESPN, you know, he's not doing as Cuss would say, you make a miss, make him pay, do the fun part. You did the hard part, do the fun part, hit the guy. And he wasn't doing enough for that. He was making a miss, going out, making him fall short in spots, you know, but he wasn't, he wasn't getting the punches off after he made a miss. And so maybe that was partly with the knee, maybe. But it was there for me. I, I thought that was the difference in a fight, uh, to be quite honest with you. Uh, you know, that, you know, and again, credit to Whitaker, you know, but in spots, Whitaker does get a little sloppy. He does get a little, you know, crazy with those wide punches. And when he did, he got away with it. I thought that was the difference in the fight. I thought the right guy under the circumstances won. Thought it was close. Um, and I get it. You think either way. But that's pretty That's pretty much... And you're right. I do take notes because these, these fans deserve... I think if they're going to take the time to listen to us, they deserve to hear what is out there to be heard from an accurate viewpoint. That doesn't mean I'm right, but at least that I did my work, that they're listening to somebody who took it serious, who did their due diligence, who cares about, you know, these people's time, that they're going to listen to this damn thing. So, um, and then, you know, and, and your time, the time that you're taking to be here with us and, and to do this together as a team, as a partner. Um, you know, and, and park your, you know, Maseratis and your Lamborghinis <laughs> and, you know, and, and say, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking a, a ride today. I'm going to, I'm going to be with Teddy doing this, <laughs> talking to these good people. So that's what I, that's, that's what I saw. And then of course, uh, in the fifth round, you know, you want to, you want to finish well, in a, especially in a tight fight. And he was able to score that knockdown, which I think was pivotal, uh, probably pivotal in that fight, to, to that takedown, I should say, uh, where he was able to do that. And to the credit of Till, I'm talking about two takedowns, I think, if I remember correctly, in a fight. But I got to give credit to Till that he was able to get up so for the most part, quickly, you know, pretty damn quickly uh, in the fight that he was able, that he was able to get back up to his feet. I mean, that's, that's not an easy thing to be doing. And he showed the expertise, the ability um, to do that. By the way, this proves to people that I am a caveman. I am prehistoric. I ha that's a fax machine, you hear, okay? <laughs> 
That's a fact. Yeah, you people thought that uh, Teddy just says that. Ken just says that. Rob just <laughs> says that. He's got a fax. Nobody's got a fax machine. I got a fax machine. Okay, <laughs> and now you heard it. Now you know it. Um, but. I don't have an email, <laughs> but I have a fax that machine. That fax machine replaced a uh, Morse code device, right? No, no. There was other <laughs> things. There was smoke signals. <laughs> we went through other things. Come on. Come on. I mean, Ken. So, again, I think that until, from the judging standpoint, I don't know how they look at that, you know, ring generalship, whatever, with the, with the MMA that – I know you you get taken down. That's obviously got to favor it, it favors the guy taking the guy down. But then the ability to get up, he 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 really showed me something with that ability to get up till and on a bad leg. And the funny thing is, when he got up, I watched him because I want to always learn. And I watched the way he got up, and he put all his power to get up on the right leg, or or maybe I should say the left leg. And um, yep. not the right leg, the his the back leg, the leg yeah. that probably was not injured uh, because it was the front leg being a softball. It was the right leg that was damaged. But that's you tell me. But that's the way I saw it. No, I agree with you 100. And the, and the, one of the biggest takeaways for me was the uh, show sportsmanship and class by these guys. Like total respect for each other after the fight, in the build up to the fight, it was just all business. And after the fight was, they were both like, I think in a post-fight interview, uh, Till said at one point, I think we both won tonight. And I think he's right. And that's one of the things that I admire about the UFC is you can have losses there and people still want to see you just as bad the next day. Look at uh, Jorge Masvidal had a series of losses. He's come back on on a winning streak and now he's like the new pay-per-view darling. Uh, Till can have losses. I mean, he got starched by Masvidal, came back and beat... um, Came back and beat Kelvin Gastelum, and then got this huge main event fight against Robert Whitaker, the, the 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 recently dethroned champion. But through all that, I say it emphasizes for me how far ahead, in my opinion, Israel Adesanya is. I mean, he gave Whitaker a pretty good beating, and Whitaker, aside from Adesanya, looks to be the best in the division. That's just my take. But you know what, Whitaker reminded me a little bit of. I'm going to make a comparison from boxing a little bit. Listen. Uh, a very, very rough comparison, not anything that really is truly, uh, you know, equal or anything like that. But the way he was approaching it, coming in, charging in in spots, a little bit like Pacquiao, where Pacquiao will get in there fast and take risk. You know, Pacquiao will take a risk getting in. Uh, The risk is worth the reward for him. Uh, And he was quick and he would get away with it. and he would run red lights. He was like a kid with a sports car. You know, like you. Like you, you know? <laughs> Only thing you have the roof down, the hair going back. <laughs> and and he, he's, he's got the sports car, but he's a little young. And when he's young, he's a little reckless. And he runs some red lights and he gets away with it. Pacquiao was kind of like that guy. And then you get older, you get a little more seasoned, you, you pay more attention. and. It was a little bit like that, where he was charging in a little bit. But as I said earlier, that Till wasn't making him pay. You know, he didn't do what Marquez did. That one time, ho-ho, that one time. And I want Rob to get this up. He'll get it up. 
Hey, get this, because this is a knockout of knockouts. This is one of the great knockouts of all time. Has to be. Where in the fourth time they met, whatever it was, they, uh, Pacquiao and, and, uh, and, and Marquez, where Marquez used to experience. He started to take a step out. He stopped. He invited Pacquiao to run a red light. He ran the red light. Oh, oh, oh. but there was a truck coming. It was a right hand. He stepped back, invited Pacquiao and stopped. And then when Pacquiao ran a red light, bang, nailed him, knocked him cold. We'll, we'll probably get it up for you. That's kind of the stuff that Till needed to do a little bit. If, if you want my expertise, you know, from that standpoint, that is my man, Rob. He's right on top of it, as always. That's our man. And that's what was missing. That's, that's the kind of stuff that was missing in the fight for Till, even though it was a very, like I said, a very close fight. And to your point, and I not only concur, I said it on, I think on a couple of our last podcasts with the UFC, where the great thing and difference where they have it better with Dana White as one guy running it is it doesn't matter if you lose. Matter of fact, it helps you. You learn how to fight. You take fights that are risky and you're not afraid to take them and you get better and you learn and you become a better fighter. In boxing, it's the opposite. Oh, I'm not taking a fight. No, I got to stay undefeated because I'm going to get a payday. All right, you stay undefeated, you get a payday, but then maybe you lose when you finally step up and you would have been better served if you learned how to fight by taking a fight. You need it early on to make you a better fighter. Boxing almost asks you not to become a better fighter in some ways, where it says, okay, take, uh, stay undefeated, fight the kind of guys that are 70-30, 60-40 at best, uh, your advantage of fight, and stay undefeated, get a payday, instead of taking the fights that the UFC guys take that you need to get better that you need to become a better fighter. And then you get to where you need to get to, the best fighter you can be. That doesn't happen in boxing. It doesn't happen. Until you're forced to fight the fight, you lose, and then you go back to the back of the line, and then you just start fighting guys, and, and then sometimes you become a better fighter. And we've had guys in boxing that, that have done it that way. There was a day in boxing where it didn't matter. It didn't matter what your record was. All that matter was how good you were, who you could handle, what level you could fight at. That's all that mattered. What kind of fights you made. That they could depend on you in there with any level fighter. You got a call. You got the fight. And that's the UFC, baby. That's the UFC. They put everyone in. The best in with the best. You don't worry about building up someone's record. You know, if they lose, they come right back. They become a better fighter. And next thing you know, those guys who lose two, three, four, they I dare say, Five, six, seven, eight, and they become a world champion because they learn how to fight. The only guys we ever really had in boxing recently that in the modern era that didn't, I said it once before, that really didn't matter if they, if they lost sometimes was really was Tyson because people just wanted to see him because of the craziness, because of the power, because, you know, they didn't know what the freak maybe was going to happen. And Arturo Gatti. Because he made fights that were like, uh, I don't care, I just want to see him, you know, because of the level of fight, even Mickey Ward to a certain extent, um, you know, and a few of those guys. Mm -hmm. But 
And I've said it on, I'll repeat it to guys that didn't see the podcast. But on one of the last podcasts, go watch it if you didn't see it. I talked about guys like Kelvin Seabrooks, Buster Drayton. Um, and I asked Rob to put up their records. Uh, Mike Weaver. Mike Weaver became heavyweight champ, had a whole bunch of losses. He learned how to fight by being put in with those kind of guys. You know, Kelvin Seabrooks had all kinds of losses, became a world champion because he learned how to fight. Buster Drayton had a whole bunch of losses, became a world champion, a junior middleweight. You know, I'm going back to the 90s, 80s, whatever, because he learned how to fight in those fights. Best thing that ever happened to him <laughs> was losing those fights because that made him better, where he could win the ones that mattered. Anyway. Well, interesting uh, comparison you made there with Mike Tyson because while the UFC seems to be putting on shows just as good, if not better than they were putting on before the pandemic, and I get all the all the advantages Dana has, but it doesn't change the fact that he's doing what he's doing. It doesn't matter why it's happening. The point is they're rolling, they're, getting, they're building their audience, and boxing seems to be at a dead standstill, if not moving completely in reverse. The fights that we've had have been complete mismatches if there are any fighters that we've wanted to see. There's been some good competitive fights, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, undercard fights that, you know, no one really knows. We haven't seen any of the marquee names busy, but one of the names that is in action is um, to get boxing back on the radar here. We've got Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. September 12th from Carson, California. I know you've already ordered it on pay-per-view, Teddy. Um, Tyson, 54 years old. Roy Jones, 51. Um, We saw Mike last time 15 years ago against Kevin McBride. Didn't really look that good. We've seen Roy knocked out cold a couple times uh, when he was busy and probably 10 or 15 years ago as well. Uh, (laughs) I hesitate to say let's hear your thoughts because I think I know what they're going to be, but let me hear you. Oh, you're going to hear me. (laughs) Oh, you're going to hear me. You're going to hear me. Oh, you're going to hear me. Like my good friend and brother Stephen A. Smith would say, are you going to hear me? Oh, you're going to hear me. (laughs) Listen. Listen. It's an exhibition, eight rounds, correct? Correct. Okay. I never thought I'd be quoting this man, great basketball player. Great. He really was. And a small guy, too. You know, not really a big guy, but great player, great offensive player. But to to invoke the words of the great Allen Iverson, who played for the Philadelphia 76ers, I would just start. Start by saying, practice, practice, (laughs) practice. We're talking practice here. Now, come on, practice. We're talking practice here. Are we talking practice here? Not about the game. Practice. Practice. (laughs) Practice. We're talking practice. (laughs) You're the best. You're you're like Larry Brown, the coach. Practice. We're we're talking practice. Okay. All right. I had to get that out of the way. I feel a little bit better. Um, We haven't heard from Allen Iverson. I'm glad now we have. Look, Barnum and Bailey once said, the great, great promoter, there's a sucker born every minute. And if they can sell this thing on pay-per-view, and I guess they can because they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't feel that they can. They floated a balloon. You know, you float a weather balloon to see what the weather is. Really, right? I'm sure no one else has even talked about this. I could be wrong, but I'm going to say 
they floated that video that Tyson did with his trainer, right? Yep. Exactly. And they floated it, and and what happened? It, it went viral, whatever they call that stuff out there in your world, in that sophisticated <laughs> world, right? It, it went viral, right? Something like that. It didn't come on a fax machine. I didn't get notice of it <laughs> on my fax that didn't, you didn't happen. You didn't see it on your Instagram feed? I, I, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Nobody has notified me. But so they said, ha ha. Mm, uh, 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 we got to do something with this. And so they're doing something. Listen, there's a reason why the Marvel comic movies keep coming back. And they keep doing well. Spider-Man, you know, Hulk, uh, you know, uh, Fantastic Four, uh, who, whoever they happen to be, whoever you uh, you like to like, the the Black Panther, the all all these. And I loved them all. I, I used to read comic books, and. I, I had a big collection. I wish I still had it. I would have been able to make some money with the darn thing. I mean, I had them when they were eight cents. I had all yeah. of them. I had all yeah. the series. Oh, I gave them away. But <laughs> anyway, one of my mistakes, one of, one of my couple mistakes in my life. So every time Marvel brings back these superheroes, these comic book heroes, they do well. People like it. People like to see, you know, their heroes. And like to see action. Well, people like to see Tyson, partly for that. They think they're gonna see some kind of supernatural action. Uh, it's Again, it's like seeing Captain America come back. It's like seeing, you know, uh, seeing uh, uh, the Hulk come back, you know, uh, Spider-Man against Dr. Octopus, you know, uh, <laughs> against the Sandman or against the Green Goblin, you know, they, there's an attraction to that. And I think they're using the same, I think they're using the same sort of method or same sort of thinking in this, that people, again, oh, there's an allure. There's an allure to this. There's an, a, a pull, an attraction, even a morbid curiosity to when it comes to Tyson. You know? I don't think that, I hope for the people out there, I think they want to see something, especially today, the timing's right. With the, with the COVID-19 going on, people are bored, people are trapped in their houses, uh, you know, and they, they want entertainment. And if there's no more Marvel comic movies coming out and there's no movie theaters, you know, of course there's Netflix, but you run out of it after a while, they, they're going to they're gonna buy this. They're right. Because they want to be entertained. And they find Tyson entertaining. And, you know, whether he's 54 or whether he's 24, I guess it doesn't matter right now in their mind. But here's the thing. Here's the kicker, Ken. They're gonna, they might see all the things I just said. And I think I said it fairly. Because I, I take care about saying things fairly and about saying things that maybe someone else might not say, but say what I believe and what I can back up with a reason, with, with, with evidence, with tangible stuff. And so I think saying that is reasonable. If they think, here's where it separates. If they think they're going to get the athlete, 
if they think they're going to get the fighter that they had back in the 80s, 90s, well, no, that's a little bit of a, that's a little problem. That's where maybe Bonham and Bailey comes in and a sucker born every day. If you think you're going to get that, because let me put my glasses on and show you, let's zoom back because Rob will back this up. Here's the real deal of what you're going to get, like Evander Holyfield might say, because he was the real deal. Tyson's record is 15-6. He's 54 years old. His last time in the ring 15 years ago, I know we have selective memory. I get it. But I'm going to help you just a little bit. I'm going to help you out a little bit. The last time he was in a ring was 15 years ago. He was knocked out by Kevin McBride. It's one of your top fighters uh, uh, on your list, I, I think, right, Ken? Oh, hell yeah. I'm just saying. Killer. And I'm not knocking. Listen, I'm not making fun of any fighter. I'm just saying uh, he wasn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't Joe Lewis. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> but Kevin McBride showed up that night. He showed up that night, and he was ready to fight. And um, Tyson got knocked out. Actually, he quit. That's right. Uh, after being dropped. Uh, and a fight a year before that, he was knocked out by Danny Williams. Uh, that's enough. Uh, actually, uh, Tyson was knocked out in three of his last four fights. So 15 years ago. So what I'm saying is that if you want, if you're buying that, or you think you're buying some of that, hopefully you know you're not. That's all. Hopefully you know you're not, because if you are, well, like I, like that old saying goes, I might have a bridge available. I, I <laughs> you know, it's a solid, it's a solid, well built, really well built bridge. It really is, <laughs> and um, you can go across it and come back as many times as you want. Uh, now. Some people got nuts when they first heard. They'd see me in the street. Daddy, you think you could beat, beat who? Oh, who, oh, who, oh, 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 oh. Like in their minds, like the guys today, I said, oh, you okay? You right? <laughs> You good? Watch the traffic. Be careful. Get back on the curb. You good? <laughs> you all right? You all right? Because I, so he's not. He's fighting Roy Jones. And... Last I checked, Ken, again, it's, it's not about the athleticism. As long as we understand this, or the competitiveness, as long as we understand this, practice, we're talking about practice. So Roy Jones, the best I can remember, tremendous fighter. I like Roy. I like him as a person. And, but he was a great middleweight and light heavyweight. I mean, that's what he was. So now he's going to fight at 51 years of age, as a heavyweight. I mean, I'll say it again. He was a middleweight and light heavyweight when he was at his best. And he's been knocked out five times in his career. You know? He's been sporadically fighting lower level, carefully low level, carefully picked. Again, if you don't want the truth, don't watch this show. Don't watch it. Really. <laughs> and it's not this. It's not that. It's, it's the truth. It's... it's 
so he's been fighting carefully picked opponents. For example, if you go back four years ago, Ken, he beat Viren Phillips. You know what Phillips' record was at the time? Of course you don't. Because he didn't have one. <laughs> he was making his pro debut. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all. Um, it's called bringing your own music. So, you know, so he was on this magical mystery tour fighting. And by the way, when he was fighting his last, those fights, it was cruiserweight. He, he won eight straight fights. Let's give him, let's be, put it all out there, right? Let's not hide and play shenanigans, you know, and, and play the games here. Let's put it all out there. He won eight straight fights before the matchmaker made a mistake. And he put him in with really an over-the-hill fighter that was a good fighter, a solid fighter. I think he even might have had a title uh, for a minute. Um, but he wasn't obviously over-the-hill enough or over enough hills at the time. And Jones was knocked out. And uh, before he started that, you know, Get Young Again tour, he had been knocked out badly by a former cruiserweight champion, Lebedev, in Russia. And it was a bad knockout. Very bad. I don't want to see, I don't want to see nobody get hurt. Um, his last fight was two and a half years ago, not 15 years ago. Let's be fair again, which he won against Scott Sigmund. Um, Sigmund. No relation to Freud, by the way. <laughs> um, I think Freud would probably recommend that maybe he doesn't fight at this point in his career. Here's the problem for Jones. When he was a middleweight and a light heavyweight, he was pretty damn special. You know, one of the things that catches my eye that makes him special, Ken, he did everything wrong or a lot of things wrong. Like only one other fight I can think of, Muhammad Ali. And listen, there's no other Ali. There's no other. So don't get mad at me that I'm comparing the two. But his style, he could do things wrong. He could drop his hands, pull back, do all kinds of things wrong. But because of his ability to be so fast, his, his timing his reflexes, his speed, his power. Roy Jones had all of that. It was unbelievable talent. Because of that, he could make wrong right and still get it right. And he beat a lot of damn good fighters. He could make it right. He could make it right. But now, even before he got past that place, that into those shadows, before his timing and Speed got eroded by Father Time. He got knocked out by Antonio Tarver and Glencroft Johnson, two solid fighters, pretty bad knockouts. And that was when he was still at the, you know, at that place. Like he was at his best. And then boom, he got knocked out. Two in a row. Two yeah. in a row. Devastating and knockouts, too. A lot of people could say. Maybe his reflexes started to go then. Or to give fairness to Tarver, who's one of our great amateur fighters too, besides being a world champ. But, and Glencroft Johnson was a solid guy who had losses like I talked about. But he learned how to fight. And he fought on ESPN Friday Night Fights while I was calling him on the way up. And he developed and he became a solid guy.
solid guy. That's a good thing to be solid in anything. You don't have to be, you know, neon lights all the time. Solid. And maybe it was, in fairness, maybe it was just because they made him pay for his mistakes. Maybe it wasn't because his, his reflexes were starting to go. They just, they were good enough, not afraid to throw the punch when the opening was there. Bop! Don't hesitate a little bit. And they took advantage of things that other fighters couldn't take advantage of, weren't able, didn't want to, whatever. But the facts are that now when you are a guy that depends on reflexes and timing and speed and power just so to such a high level, what happens is when that goes, there's nothing to back you up. There's no net to catch you, baby. There's no technique to catch you. See, if you learn technique, Ken, you can get older and your technique can still cover for you. It, 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 a little bit like James Tony, He messed himself up by going up in weight, coming down in weight, you know. But even as an older guy, he could still do things because his technique was there. He was doing things the textbook way. And it helped him. It helped him. It helped him. Because he didn't depend just on reflexes. But Jones, just reflexes, now that's gone. And the technique's not there, really. You know, he, he, he really, maybe, maybe he's in his garage working on his technique, and I'm wrong. But, but throughout his career, it wasn't there to depend on. Tyson, not only the bigger guy naturally, much bigger guy, even at 54, if this thing does get real, you know, the senior tour, you know, the senior tour in golf, at least, at least you don't see the, the old golfers, you know, working. They're not hitting each other with the golf club. So, that, you know what I mean? So that uh, that's the trouble with senior tours and boxing. So yeah. here you go. Here you go. You got the senior tour. I'll say it. I'll be the first to say it. And now you got Tyson, who's got all the advantages, but he's got another one. He had good technique. Yeah, he had speed. Yeah, he had power. Unbelievable power and speed. Maybe it's maybe the best of all time to a certain degree. Maybe, maybe. Uh, the, the mixture, the combination. But he had technique, pickable, pickable style. But we make you miss. Bow, bow, bow. He had technique, and he still got the technique. That's going to give him, besides everything else, a huge advantage over a guy who never had the technique and now they're older. That's going to give him, that's something that nobody else, is, I don't think anyone's talking about. That's going to give him a big advantage. If this is real, and they really go at it, you know, to that point, Tyson, you know, Tyson should knock him out. But, um, you know, for the people out there that still want to say, oh, he's going to box, Roy's going to box again. Uh, Bottom, Bottom, come over here, Bottom. <laughs> what, 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 what was that saying? A sucker is born every minute. Okay, thanks, Bonham. Thank you. Uh, One thing I we mean, forgot not, to mention. That's not, that's not happening. Yeah. One thing we forgot to mention about Roy Jones and his past record is that he did win the heavyweight title against Somerville's own Johnny Ruiz, my friend from the Somerville Boxing Club, WBA heavyweight champion of the world. Hey, that might have hurt him. You're right. Tremendous. You're right. 
You're right. So, so right, Ken. Thank you for bringing that up. That might have hurt him too because he went up and gained muscle and then he came, Roy Jones, and then came back down and then had to fight Tava, you know, um, yep. after that. And, and that, that's not easy to do. That can be damaging because you're putting muscle on to get heavier and then you got to take that muscle off. You know, you're talking about significant weight from 75 to, I don't know what he fought at, 200, what, whatever. Um, so, you, you know, you're talking about putting on at least 25 pounds of muscle somewhere in that neighborhood, and then you got to take it off. You could make an argument Jones was never the same fighter after that. You could make that argument. Yeah. And, you know, that that might have been something to do with it. Um, listen, I'll finish with this. Exhibition. If it's an exhibition, I don't think people are paying whatever they're going to be asked to pay, $100, I don't know what, but whatever they're going to be asked to pay, I don't think they're paying that, Ken, to see an exhibition. They don't give a freak. If they're going to pay, they don't want to see here. They don't want to close my ears. They don't want to hear about exhibition. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like going to a, a dunk contest in the NBA. You're not going there to see layups, Ken. You want to see dunks. Yep. You want to see dunks. Oh, floating through the air, turning sideways. Let me turn. And then coming back. Wow! You, you want to see aerobatics. You want to see, you want to see power. You want to see ferocious dunks. You know, you want to, in this case, they want to see Daryl Dawkins Chocolate Thunder. I'm going to bring back an oldie but goodie. Darryl Dawkins, <laughs> I think he played for the Philadelphia 7th Test. In my memory again, 76, Rob would be my man. Rob's my man. I love Rob. <laughs> and he was back in the 80s, whenever it was, he was the first, I think, to dunk so ferociously that he brought the ring, rim and the backboard down and shattered the fiberglass back. Do you remember that? Yeah. Shattered it. I mean, yeah. glass everywhere. I mean, chocolate thunder. Then later on, of course, there was Shaquille O'Neal and other guys that did it. But Daryl Dawkins, if my memory is right, was the first guy. He was the first guy. And that's, that's what people, if they're going to pay for this, that's my man. That's my man. That's <laughs> our man. That's our man. There it is. There it is. There it is. I knew he wouldn't disappoint us, Ken. He would be right there with Daryl Dawkins. My man, he was ferocious. Oh my goodness, that was that was you know that was history, that was changing things. You know where you started to do that kind of stuff, and that's what if anyone's going to pay for this, that's what they want to see. They want to see the rim come down, Ken. They want to yeah. see the backboard come down. They want to see glass go all over the damn place. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know they don't want to see no one hurt. I'm not employed, but they want to see that. That's what they're and. I'm just, we're here to put it, uh, we're the x-ray machine of podcasts, okay? We're the CAT scan of podcasts. I, I just thought of that now, that, that we're going to examine it, and we're going to show it to you, and then you, could, you see it from all angles, all dimensions, for what it is. And at the end of the day, the only thing I'll tell you that you might get, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Tyson has been in exhibitions before. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a story about exhibitions. The reality of exhibitions. 
When I had Tyson, when he was 13, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, after teaching him in the gym long enough, when I took him out to get experience, I, there wasn't enough fights up in Catskill, you know. So we, I started taking him, especially to fight a kid who's 13 years old. Every, and you walk in, you say, yeah, he's 13 years old, and he's 210 pounds of muscle. What? Uh, Teddy, come, what? Come on. <laughs> Talk about selling a bridge. Come, come on. I mean, well, yeah. So anyway, I took him down to Bronx. It was hard down there too. To my friend who's who's gone, I I um, I miss him, Nelson Cuevas. God bless him. He had the Apollo Boxing Club, and I took him down with all my kids to get experience. And when Tyson, when I first got there with Tyson, twelve years old, thirteen years old, two hundred ten pounds, two hundred pounds muscle, everyone said, "Teddy, stop, stop, Teddy, come, Teddy, Teddy, please, please." They said, "Listen, I'm telling you." You don't want to believe me? Okay, make you feel better. He's he's 20. Ah, oh, thank you, Teddy. He's not 20. He's 13. <laughs> he's 14. He's 13. Whatever he was at the time. So I used to, I was forced to put him in with older fighters. I had no choice. What am I going to do? And he, but he was ready. He was good enough. He was special. And he won. So I'd make the two and a half hour trip down there, Ken. And with all my kids, I want to get fights, experience, because you can't make a fighter, no matter how you teach them. You get to a point where you can't make a fighter without experience. It's time to get experience. It's time. You made the cake. It's time to put it in the oven, baby. <laughs> you, you made the cake. You spent a lot of time, you know. You, you made the cake, and it's time to put it in the oven. Well, it's time to get in the oven. So, Spent a lot of time teaching Tyson. And now took him down, got him experience. And this particular day, they already knew about him because he made his debut already. And he knocked out an older guy. And so they knew what he was. Oh, there's something different. Something's about fast power, something, something crazy good. So it wasn't easy. I used to pay guys $50. Yeah, we would pay guys. <laughs> We would, we would. We give the trainer $50, up to him what he does, and we get, you know, sometimes it helps. So here we are. I want to get a fight for Mike. We drove all the way down, all my kids. But Mike was one of them. He was one of my guys, one of my kids. So here we are. I can't get a fight. There's one guy. He's a heavyweight. My memory, is, we're talking a lot of years, but 18 years old, 17, 18, whatever, 18, 17 years old. And, you know, he probably had more experience than Mike, to be honest. Everyone lied about the amount of experience in those days. So they all wanted to have an edge. So anyway, but I knew what I had, and I, I got to get a fight. So, no, we're not fighting him. So I came up with the idea. I think it was me. Somebody did. It's probably me. I said, how about we do an exhibition? Oh, sounds different. An exhibition, we'll put bigger gloves on. Instead of 10-ounce, we put on 16-ounce gloves and we'll put a headgear on and we'll do that. And and this silent agreement, this si untold agreement was kind of like, if it's an exhibition, it won't be ferocious. You won't be trying to really, it'll be like a sparring session, you know, without even being said. Okay, that's safer. We could do that. 
I think we still had to give them $50. I think we still had to give them $50, even for the exhibition. I think so. So they, they, were, they were covering themselves, you know? So we go in an exhibition, all right? What happens? Nice and knocks the guy dead in an exhibition. It almost started a riot because the trainer came in the ring. I went after him. What were you doing? He's like walking towards Mike. Hey, you know, you got to protect your guy. You know, no matter what Mike could or couldn't, it doesn't matter. He's a kid. Hey, get out. Get, get, hey, get down. You ain't getting near my guy. What are you doing? Well, it was supposed to be an exhibition. Well, it was, and that's what happened. Well, uh, <laughs> that wasn't right. What are you talking about? And Mike's behind me saying, and he was right. You know what he said? What's that? I wasn't trying to do nothing to him. He wasn't trying to do to me. He was right. They were both, once they got in there, they were fighting. Yeah. Here's the here's what here's the thing. You could say exhibition all you want, and bigger gloves and all. It doesn't matter. It's not going to save you. What's going to save you or not save you is how good you are, how much power you have, how good you can fight. Tyson was just a better fighter, a very 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 good puncher. So at the end of the day, it didn't matter unless you unless you're going to really swear on oath that you're not going to really throw anything with bad intentions. But a 14, 13-year-old kid is not going to do that. He's not capable. He doesn't have the control to do that, the belief, the confidence to go in there under those conditions where you're trying to protect yourself and at the same time hold back, especially if the other guy's not doing it either. So, of course, we knew. I knew that's what it was going to be. But it makes you feel safer to hear the words, exhibition, exhibition. It makes you feel safe. But the reality, unless these guys have a pact, a pact where they're, hey, we're just going to do a, we're not going to punch, we're really not, well, then the people are going to be mad, and then it's going to be an exhibition. But unless that, like I said, I've been to exhibitions with Mike Tyson, and they didn't end well for the other guy <laughs> in the exhibition. <laughs> Yeah. It was an exposition, expedition, exhibition of how fast he could freaking hit you on the shin and knock you dead. That was the only exhibition. Like the old saying goes, you don't play boxing. So there's no room for um, playing around in there. You're either fighting or you're not. Well said. Practice. <laughs> Practice. Hey guys, once again, want to give a quick shout out to our newest sponsor, Crossrope. Check them out at crossrope.com slash Atlas. This thing is awesome. I complement my running and biking routines with a um, 15 to 30 minute Crossrope workout in the evening. Again, if you've tried to buy any gym equipment since this pandemic started, you know that the stuff is either outrageously expensive or completely sold out everywhere. Not to mention a lot of that stuff requires a big time commitment. Crossrope has you covered with 15 to 30 minute workouts. You can choose between a speed rope, a weighted rope, the app. You download the free app. The app will also walk you through some jump rope to strength work, um, almost like a personal trainer type coaching routine. Again, can't say enough good things about these guys, especially if you're short on time. Um, this thing jams a lot of workout into 15 or 30 minutes. I find it very intense. And um, if you've followed anything we've done on the show, you know that I train quite a bit. Um, once again, check them out at crossrope.com slash Atlas, A-T-L-A-S, for $40 off your uh, uh, any of the sets plus free shipping. 
And again, guys, this thing is, uh, seriously, this, this is a product that I use all the time. It's awesome to take with you if you're traveling. I just came back from two weeks on the East Coast and I put it in my bag um, along with the free app. You can literally get a workout anywhere in a short amount of time. Again, please check them out, crossrope.com slash atlas for $40 off your order. Well, listen, before before I let you go, um, in another example of how the UFC is just pulling away and boxing is seemingly taking a step back here, there was a fight that Golden Boy put on, and whoever made this match should probably like think of a new profession, but they matched uh, Senisa Estrada, who looks awesome, uh, against a 40-something-year-old mom named 42, Miranda. 42-year-old mom um in a in a legit fight and i don't think and i mean literally this mom looked exactly for, for those who haven't seen it it looked like someone's mom in the ring against a legitimate killer of a fighter i don't think she took three or four steps she definitely didn't throw a punch she barely had her hands up and she got knocked out cold one of the worst women's knockouts i've ever seen only a couple others come to mind like christy johnson christy um was a coal miner's daughter and um Christy Martin is the only one I, yeah Christy Martin and Ann Wolf I think had a vicious knockout once but this was as bad as I've seen and who like I said whoever made the match at um Golden Boy my god if you can't find a suitable opponent you don't just grab someone from the parking lot and stick them in there like like uh leading a lamb to the feeding a lamb to the wolves cuz that's what it looked like I mean it was it was really sad and it, it, there was nothing good about it um, I know you've had a chance to look at it. What do you think? I think what you said. I think I think that there should be repercussions for for people that do things that are that irresponsible. There should be repercussions in life. I've had to pay for things I've done wrong and uh, continue to. I try to get better, you know. But uh, you're doing something wrong in this case where you're putting somebody's life at risk. You know why have a commission? You talked about the matchmaker. You're 100% right, Ken. But let me go further. Let me go to the commission. Why have a commission that taxpayers' money, uh, you know, pays for? Why have a commission that's job is to make sure they sanction competitive fights, fights that are not this? Why have a commission? Why? The California court was in the desert uh, in Indio, California. Why have a commission? For what? For that? For that? For that? For that? Are you serious? I mean, I think, I'm, I know I go far, I go out there, I, I hold people, I, and people sometimes like it, that some people hate it. Um, call your assemblyman. If you're a fan out there and you feel the way we feel, there was call your freaking assemblyman, your congressman, that's what they're there for, and say, can't the commission do a better job. Can't you get somebody that has better eyes, better judgment, better sense, better responsibility? You're going to wait till that happens again? No. You know what? That would be, I made a note to myself when I watched it. Could you imagine in any of these other sports where they have commissions, right? Real commissions. Could you imagine and say football? A 42-year-old linebacker who played in six Sandlot football games. That's about what his mother had. Uh, and he's in the NFL game as a 28-year-old Heisman Trophy winner and five-time pro bowler is heading straight towards him. 
No, you can't imagine that scenario, nor should you. Oh my God, nor should you. But that's basically what happened here. That's basically what happened here. This mother had six fights. She had six fights, 42-year-old mother had six fights. Talk about finding somebody in the parking lot. That's where they found her opponents. Five of her opponents, you know what their record was, Ken? I don't think they had a win. They didn't have a fight, <laughs> much less a win. <laughs> Five of them didn't have a fight. They probably found them in a parking lot somewhere. You know, well, I'm just saying. They didn't have a fight, okay? The other one had two fights. She lost both. So you had one that was 0-2 and five of them that had no fights. And they put her in with, again, it's who you're in there with. It's bad enough, to, but you put them in with a 28-year-old woman, right, 14 years younger, who is 18 and 0. I'll say it again, 18 and 0 and a world champion. No, you didn't say that, Teddy. Wait, Teddy, you didn't just say that. You didn't say they put this 42-year-old mom in there with, with a world champion. No, you didn't say that. 18 and 0, 28-year-old. Yes, I did say it. World champion. World champion. Yeah. 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 And this is what happens. You know, I, I again, I, I'm very strong with my beliefs. I, when I think that there's a reason for them to be strong, and I think there's a reason here that this is something that, you know, the other thing that gets me so pissed off, and it, you can't imagine having any other sport because there's 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 protection, there's 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 apparatus in place, there's mechanism in place, there's a national commission, you know, there's there's things in place to make sure that such things could never happen, could never happen, uh, you know, uh, that that wind up happening, unfortunately, in this sport, but. If it ever did, could you imagine the outcry, Ken? Oh my God! Could you imagine the writers, the the magazines, the the newspapers, the internet? That's what that's what is the most troublesome thing with this whole thing. Not one writer. You don't hear nothing. I mean, they talk mention it here, but there's no outrage. There's there's no where you open up a paper. I know there's not many. People, not everyone reads the paper anymore. But even if you go on the internet and, and, you, and you see the outrage that we're expressing, you don't see that. Where is it? These are, I mean, these are human beings. We're talking about a human being here. Where is it? Where's the writer out there that's saying, how did this happen? How could you do this? I, I want answers. I want freaking answers for this 42-year-old mother. How? I mean, the, that's one of the things that bothers me the most. Why I'm so, why I'm so agitated about this and emotional about it. Besides that, it's a mother. I mean, and everything I just laid out there for you, the circumstances of it. But how do you not? How the hell do you not have outrage by the media? How I talked to one writer who's a decent person. I won't mention his name. I talked to one guy, I, I sent him a text, and I said something. And he was aware of it, but not of all the details, I guess. Why not? 
but he wasn't. And you know what his response was? He's a decent guy. This is, I want to remember the word he used. This is, a, um, what's that word? E-G-R, uh, egregious, there it is. Rob Moore, my man. Rob Moore, my man. Okay, egregious, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I cut a couple classes when I was in school. I I I cut a few classes. I um, but uh, I showed up when uh, I felt like showing up, and I did learn some things. But um, I I missed out the day that they were teaching that word. But that is the word. That is. He sent me back a text. This good man, this writer, and he said, Teddy, that's egregious even for this sport that's what he sent back to me ken even for this sport and he's right and that's the problem that this sport nobody even cares about they don't even think twice ah, yeah ah, ah. what 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 if that was your mother it's like nobody even thinks it's like oh yeah it's boxing you know what? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that woman went down the way she went down, her head snapped back, if she got a brain bleed and God forbid died? Could you imagine? Who would be responsible That's for why putting I'm her so, in there? She shouldn't have been in any fight. Those people need their licenses taken away. Let's cut to the chase. The trainer, bad judgment. When you have a license, a boxing license, right? It's not a right. It's a privilege. It's not a right. Not everyone. Oh, I have a right to have a license. No, you don't. You have to earn it. You have to show you're qualified. You earn your driver's license, right, Ken? With all yep. those Lamborghinis and Ferraris. You learn, You better not drive driving that kind of machinery. <laughs> you better know how to drive. So you earn the right to have a driver's license. When you show that you don't shouldn't have that right, that you don't know how to drive right, it gets taken away. When you have accidents, you start hurting people. Before it gets worse, they take your license away. You'll lose that right. Same thing here. The trainer, license suspended. The matchmaker, license suspended. Why, Teddy? Because of what I just said. You showed you don't have good judgment. You don't have the right judgment to have that license. Somebody can get hurt. The commission. They don't have the right anymore to be commissioners. Their judgment is bad. Somebody's got to say it. Somebody's got to do something. And to the credit of this writer, he's, you can see what, the way he texts me. He said, I'm going to look into it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold him to that. I will. I'll watch. See, I'm just going to see what he comes back with. I believe in this guy. I think he's a decent guy. I want to see what he comes back with. But that's what he said. He, he said, oh, my God. He said, let me, I'm going to try to contact the woman and talk to her and then, you know, go from there, whatever. But that's the thing that's the most disturbing is that it, nobody even talked about it. It's like, ah, ah, just another day, just another day. It shouldn't be that way, Ken. What's crazy is I don't know if it's because it was a woman woman's fight, but I know in California, specifically at Indio, they refused an opponent for Cancio. They were trying to get Cancio busy again with his new, um, with his new. Yeah, promoter, but that's a world rank. champion. That's a world champion. There's lights on you. There's there's a light on you. That's 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 a world champion. You have to have a certain. That's an easy one. That's one where you know if they don't have a guy that's at least 
at least within the neighborhood of of proper opponent, let's say, to be in there, they they get attacked. So that that's an easy one. Yeah, uh, you know that's that's a layup, uh, so to speak. But here's one where it's like, and everyone's going to be watching that one. This is one that was like under the radar. Like people say, well, it's a woman's fight, and you know, uh, we're you know we're just it doesn't matter as much and uh, we're not maybe taking it as seriously as we do the Cancio fight with a world champion, a former world champion. Of course it should be taken as seriously, you know, and there's just no excuse. The people that made that decision, I mean, God, I wouldn't, gee, it's terrible. I mean, what are they going to do? If they ever ask you, if you want to go on a cruise line or something, you know, and it's and the name of the cruise ship is the Titanic, don't go. Ken, don't go. Don't go. I laugh at the end because it's so sad that you you gotta laugh at the end to, to not cry. But it it's I think people should do something. I think people should do something. I think you should go. I think you should call your assemblyman, your congressman. I think we should stop just talking about things. These things can be done. If one person ain't doing the job right, you can replace them. You can replace them. And thank God that uh, Miranda Adkins wasn't seriously hurt. I've seen interview interviews with her since, and they did get her up you know, a minute or two after she got knocked out cold, and thank God she's okay. And... Um, you know, hopefully we don't have to see something like that again because the last thing we need is someone getting seriously injured in there who has no business being in there. It's dangerous enough when guys are evenly matched. But Teddy, okay, let me and, ask you. Let me finish with this. Go ahead. Would you want any of those people to be your doctor? I'm being dead serious now. No hell no. Or you, or even even your vet. You have a dog, <laughs> don't you? Yes. You love them, don't you? You do care about the dog. Don't tell me you don't like dogs. I like the dog because it's my kid's dog, but left to my own devices, I would not have a dog. I'm deathly allergic to her. She barks at everyone that comes to the house. You're very honest. <laughs> You're honest. But even yep. with that, would you have any of these people be your vet? Hell no. That dog's like one of my kids. Of course. You wouldn't let them babysit your kids, would you? Nope. How about pilot? Would you get on a plane if they were your pilot? <laughs> no, thanks. Okay. All right. That's all. That's, the, that's it. I rest my case. They shouldn't be doing this. They shouldn't be doing this. Definitely not. And uh, like I said, the, the people at Golden Boy, just if you can't find a suitable opponent, just you have to cancel the fight. Not the end of the world. Better to be safe than sorry. But anyway, Teddy, thanks for doing this today. Really appreciate you. Appreciate the time. Uh, hopefully we get some boxing action to talk about soon here. And if we don't, we know the UFC will be here every week with another killer card. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right, Teddy. Well, guys, thanks for the support. Appreciate everyone joining us today. Please. Do us a favor, subscribe to the show on YouTube. It only takes a second. Leave us a review on iTunes. It's massively appreciated, and it makes a huge difference for us. So um, please do that, and thanks again. See you guys next week. Oh.